Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, can you keep a secret? Keep a secret. knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. Let's talk about the Teen Vogue magazine and what young girls and boys are being exposed to because of articles that advise them on things that they really should know nothing about and are too young to be exposed to. One of the articles in the Teen Vogue magazine, which can be found online, is a guide to engaging in sexual activity with the anal body part. And it refers to both male and female genders and it provides safety how-tos, tips, and more. This article was composed November 12, 2019 by Gigi Engeli. And having read the article, it gives me grave concern, particularly when there are areas of the article that promote this type of lifestyle. And one such thing that it does share when it refers to why people engage in sexual activity with this part of the body it says, although it's often stigmatized, it's a perfectly natural way to engage in sexual activity. It also goes on to say that people have been engaging in such practices since the dawn of humanity, and that it's been documented back to the ancient Greeks and then some. Having read and studied the Bible, we know about Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know that the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of the types of lifestyle that was being adhered to. Reading this article, it makes me think as though we are in a sort of deja vu. We've come full circle back to those very same days. What I find very interesting about the article is the way in which it has been done. I believe it's well written. It doesn't mean to say that I endorse what is being shared in the various sections as it has been portrayed in such a way that it would be difficult to, to sham the article because many a time it makes reference that although many people may enjoy this, you may not. You may not feel comfortable. You can simply click away from the article. And so it's done considering both viewpoints, the viewpoints for those who are for and those who are against. It's interesting when it talks about whether or not it's safe. 
it makes reference to what the CDC has stated, which is that you're more vulnerable to contracting STIs or HIV because the lining of the anus is more prone to damage that can open you up to infection. This risk is higher for the person who is receiving, but also the person who is giving can also be effective. It then goes on to recommend that appropriate contraception is used to prevent the risk of infection, STIs or HIV taking place. It also goes on to talk about something called PrEP, that's P-R-E-P. It's in reference to those who regularly engage in this practice and it makes reference that these are quite often gay or bisexual men who are not monogamous, which means they have multiple partners. The pre-exposure prophylaxis PrEP, P-R-E-P. It says here it's a drug that's taken daily. It can reduce the risk of contracting HIV. It even goes on to say that if you believe you've been exposed, the best thing to do is to go to the doctor for PEP, P-E-P, post-exposure prophylaxis within 72 hours of the potential exposure, which may reduce risk of contracting HIV. I find it very fascinating the way in which it talks about this practice that is now becoming very common and the fact that they recommend you take certain medication to prevent you from contracting HIV, but I think prevention is better than cure and abstaining completely from this sort of lifestyle would be the better option. Of course, the reality is that is not the case and there are people who engage in such practices, maybe consensually and many times it is without consent. In fact, I know of a male individual who was victim to this form of sexual activity. It was abuse because he was a minor and there was an absence of consent. And he experienced this at the hands of an older male. And I know of another story of a child who was a victim, once again, at the hands of another male. It also goes on to talk about whether or not this hurts. And I find it interesting that it explains here, it's not something you should jump into without a little preparation. That would be a fantastic statement to be made when referencing young people engaging in sexual activity outside of marriage. It's something you should not jump into without preparation. Because we have young people engaging in premarital sex, fornicating, taking nude photographs, creating and distributing video imagery of them engaging in sexual activity and the consequences, as we know, STDs, HIV and AIDS, and even unwanted pregnancies, which may sometimes go on to lead to abortions. In fact, I know of a number of females who have contracted STDs, and these are STDs that they will have for life, unfortunately, as a result of the lifestyle that they led previously, they are now suffering the consequences of doing so. I believe knowledge is power, as the Bible says, people perish for lack of knowledge. But this type of knowledge, I don't feel it's necessary or appropriate for 
adults in a consenting relationship, and I'm referring to adults in marriage, not outside the confines of marriage. One thing I can commend the article for is the fact that it makes reference repeatedly that communication is essential. And it goes on to say that if this becomes painful or uncomfortable, you should ask your partner to stop. One of the reasons why relationships often fall apart, it comes down to communication, the absence of communication. In fact, I read an article of a woman, I'm not too sure what country she's in. She's either Caribbean or African, possibly African-American, but she looks to be either Caribbean or African. And her and her husband had an altercation, verbally, I believe. And when he left the home to go to work, upon his return, the early hours of the morning, he went straight to bed. Unfortunately, his wife had not decided to let sleeping dogs lie and to just brush aside the disagreement that they had had. Instead, she decided to respond with malice. And so she poured acid on his face. She went one step further, poured water and rigged electrical cables on the floor before the door, which meant when her husband stepped onto the floor because of this acid that is burning him, he was electrocuted. He did survive by the grace of God and the neighbors heard his screams and he was rescued. However, he is now blind as a result and seriously disfigured. When you think about cases like that, although they're few and far between, you've got to ask yourself what went wrong. Domestic violence and abuse is wrong on all counts, regardless of who is the perpetrator. And this is an example of domestic violence being perpetrated by a female, by a wife against her husband. People don't talk about it often enough, but it does happen. What went wrong? Was it because of a lack of communication? Was it because she wanted to let her husband know whatever had been communicated was not acceptable under any circumstances? And therefore, she wanted to cause him serious harm, which could even possibly have led to his death. Communication is key and vital. And I think that's definitely something I can commend the article for, for talking about. Because in relationships, in marital relationships, breakdown in communication is why we have some men who will purchase a prostitute and simply talk to her because he wants somebody who's able to listen, not to fix or solve his problems, but somebody who can listen without judgment, somebody who will advocate on his behalf in the sense of will defend his name, not publicly, but just privately, a conversation about something that's gone on at work, and his wife is able to defend him and to be on his side and, and to make him feel as though, even if he's in the wrong, she understands why things happened the way that they did, and she is his biggest fan and biggest cheerleader. The article, I would say, is not necessarily aimed at the LGBTQ plus community because it makes reference to both males and females in the engaging of this particular practice. And it really goes into detail explaining the benefits, if I can even say that, of engaging in this I feel it's difficult to use the term benefits when, as they stated earlier on, that you're at a very high risk of, of HIV. And even they go on to say that because of the measures that need to be taken in engaging in this activity, it is possible you may contract other STIs because the contraception that would be used 
which would be of course a condom, is more likely to be damaged, to, to break, so to speak. Which means this is not foolproof. And there are young people who engage in this practice because in their minds it keeps them a virgin, but that is not the reality because it is an exposure, it is a action, not an omission, an action of sexual activity. And so, although they may feel that they are still a virgin, indirectly, yes, I can agree, but they have engaged in sexual activity. Likewise, exposure to pornography, a person may indeed be a virgin, but they have exposed themselves. And so they have these ideas that are often not true, not the reality. And these ideas will shape the way they believe. One should engage in sex, whether inside or outside of marriage, whether involving multiple partners. The concern with this Teen Vogue magazine is who it's aimed at. It's aimed at teenagers. And I am very blessed that when I was a teenager, I was not exposed to such things. But of course, as we know, we are in a different generation, a different day and age, and anything goes. In fact, there's even an article that talks about sexting and what exactly it is. But what I would say is that these articles, the two that I have read and perused over, the way they are written, they certainly are trying to avoid any type of legality by, by making sure that it is clear that consent is necessary, communication is essential. And that is something I think is great, but is that the reality? Because there are individuals who sometimes are victims of such acts, and that is made into a video. Photographs are taken, even revenge porn can even become an issue when a former partner or a person gets access to such material and then either uploads it on the internet or shares it with friends and others. Before the days of internet, we would not have to worry about that. Yes, people may have created photos and videos engaging in sexual activity, but before mobile phones and before the World Wide Web, the distribution would have been seriously hindered, but now at the click of a button, a WhatsApp chat group, Snapchat, OnlyFans, and OnlyFans has opened a doorway for individuals to be able to make a living on photos and videos of themselves or of others. And with everything going on around the world, there is this lure and desire to make a quick buck, to make an honest living. The lure and desire because when you have the facility to be able to go out and to work, it's a lot easier. Maybe not to make a quick buck, but to make a living. However, when we're all isolated at home and we have so much time on our hands, the lure of creating, distributing pornographic images becomes even more of a reality. The temptation is right there. We have sugar babies, we have university students in the US who will go into the pornography industry for the purpose of paying their school fees. That's very sad and is indeed a reality. Can you imagine that the school fees are so expensive, that they're so extortionate, that although a, a female has successfully been accepted to study for three, four number of years, there is a deficit. She has insufficient funds to be able to get her degree. So in the process of getting a degree, which will enable her to get a career, 
she takes a side job as one would call it a side hustle that is where she enters into the porn industry whether that is for example let's say going to hollywood and and becoming a porn star or whether that is simply making and creating her own imagery and selling it online sexting is a huge thing and we have individuals that trail through the internet looking for vulnerable females and vulnerable guys and those in the lgbt community who have maybe been isolated from family even kicked out those who are vulnerable those who are looking for a way to support themselves financially to be empowered and so there is that lure think about those who are isolating with the perpetrator the perpetrator may not be concerned about stds or hiv but of course if a female does get pregnant how would you be able to explain that one in fact there is a case of a mother she was a nurse i believe and while she was at work her children would remain at home during lockdown however whilst they were at home instead of studying and using the free time that they have in the comfort of their home productively the brother of the two girls decided that he wanted to engage in sexual activity with them and in fact he impregnated both sisters that is a very sad reality however if they did not become pregnant would anybody have had any idea what was going on and it makes me think that we as people we may see a single mom a teenage mom and we may judge her we may look at her with the child look at her pregnant and we may judge and make assumptions in relation to the nature of which the female conceived and gave birth or is due to give birth to a child how many times do we see something and make a whole scenario in our head a whole story about the reasons the causes the effect without actually realizing that we are way off the mark and that that pregnant girl or young woman in fact was abused was subjected to rape became pregnant and rather than terminating the pregnancy she decides whether willingly or not to give birth to the child and to go so far as to raise that child there are women who will give birth to a child and will abandon the child or give up the child for adoption but there are others who for whatever reason decide not to do either of those but instead to face the consequences of the actions that was done to them and that should really give us cause to to second have a second look and i don't want to say second guess cuz second guess is what we go wrong but to have a second look not to inquire of the person the circumstances in which they conceived the child but to just have a second think a second look it's not about whether or not the child was conceived in an abusive or criminal situation such as rape that is not really the point the point is for whatever reason this girl has made a decision to have the child and to keep the child and i believe someone like that deserves a trophy she deserves a round of applause because she has decided not to take matters into her own hands by terminating the life of an innocent child or by abandoning it i think giving a child up for adoption is a lot better than abortion do i agree with giving a child up for adoption i really cannot say 
It's a lot better for a child to be given up for adoption than to grow up in an unsafe environment where they're at risk of neglect, of abuse, where there's insufficient finances to be able to look after the child. When it comes to food, clothing, shelter, we have to be practical. And I know in the UK there's actually a husband and wife and they have over 20 children. And there are people who commend them for that and there are others who judge. The question I have when you have so many children, how are you able to emotionally support every one of them? There are only 24 hours in the day, so how are you able to meet the needs? According to the article I read, the father, he owns a bakery. And so they are not on benefits, they are self-sustained because they have their own income. So that is great. The children's needs are being met financially, but what about emotionally? It must be a very big household for so many children. Children who are one, two or three, sometimes so neglected, sometimes feel as though they're forgotten about. What about when you're number 16 out of 20? And so we have to think that unless we're in a person's shoes, we really don't understand what it's like. Yes, we're human and yes, we may judge. But at the end of the day, has a person made the best and the right decision? If you were in that position, what would you have done? And would your decision be the best and the right one? It's important to have conversations with the people around us. Not just the children, but those around us, because there are people who will one day go on to become parents, have children of their own. And no two parents are alike, and people have different ways of teaching. And as the Bible says, train your children in the way they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart. We have to understand that if we are not willing to teach our children, society, magazines like Teen Vogue will do that for us. Although it may be very difficult and uncomfortable talking about such things, if we don't make these topics of conversations with the children around us, they will learn about it in school and may even go on to emulate what they see or what they hear or what they're told, which would be far worse. Although it may be difficult or uncomfortable, we have to get rid of the taboo that surrounds these topics. Because in mainstream media, these things are being spoken about. Children are being encouraged to engage in practices that, according to the Bible, are sinful. But anything goes nowadays. We know that we're in the last days according to the Word of God. The Bible says people become lovers of self, and that is true. Because, in fact, there's an article in this very same magazine, Teen Vogue, that actually advises, guides, and informs men, as well as women, the best ways in which they should engage in masturbation. Now, that is a sin, and many do not want to talk about it, but it is. The Bible speaks in Genesis about marriage between a man and a woman, a male and a female. But of course, in this day and age, we know that marriage can be between two men, two women, even one human and an inanimate object, a Christmas tree, a helter skelter. Where is this world coming to? The Bible speaks truth and whether people want to accept it or not, those of us who are believers and have a relationship with God, we have an obligation not to judge, but to shine light into the darkness. There are people who are seeking after fulfillment and often in the wrong places. And many do not realize that the choices they're making are destructive and harmful. What about a young person who, for example, puts tattoos on their body, maybe just one or two, Later on when they get older and their life is changed from the way it was when they were younger, 
maybe they were off the rails, as we would say in the UK. They were in the wrong crowd. Maybe it was because of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. 10 to 20 years on from there, the person matures. Maybe they go into modeling. Maybe the profession that they have, such a tattoo would be deemed inappropriate. We know that the world is advanced and the world is moving with such things. But the fact is that we make choices and there are repercussions for every choice and decision we make. And sometimes we don't see the future. It's not because we're young and naive, but it's because we simply don't know. We have no clue that in 20 years we're going to have a changed life. We're going to associate with different people. We're no longer wanting to hang out with a crowd of, of people who are rough, who are outcasts of society because of the lifestyle that they lead. In fact, we'd rather go on to get a degree and have a respectable job. But the key here is judging is not the solution, but education. Talking to people, talking to the children around you and talking to the adults around you. Making things become a topic of conversation when it comes to tattoos. Why not recommend they put a temporary one on? Nowadays with technology, anything is possible. We have contact lenses. Rather than going through an operation to change the color of your eyes, contact lenses, colored contact lenses I'm referring to. A tattoo that's temporary, one that you can stick on and off. There are people who put moles on their face or beauty spots with a pencil. What about women who put on eyebrows every morning? At the end of the day, Temporary is a lot better than permanent. And when one engages in certain lifestyles, the consequences of engaging in certain practices and lifestyles is that you may end up having a lifelong consequence. Maybe that is an unwanted child that you decide not to abort. And that child is a constant reminder of the lifestyle you led before, of promiscuity or having a sugar daddy or sleeping with somebody's husband and unfortunately becoming pregnant. HIV, AIDS, STDs that are permanent. So we have to consider the choices that we make, the consequences of those choices. Do we feel that those choices and decisions we're making will be harmful to us in the future? Will they be decisions that we will come to later regret? Or is there a possibility we may later regret them? If so, abstain. We only live once, but that doesn't mean to say we need to live in such of a way that we destroy ourselves, our bodies, our minds, or the bodies and minds of another person. And that speaks about individuals who perpetrate offenses against another. A pedophile wants his sexual kicks, but in doing so, he destroys the life of another. Yes, the child may grow up to become an advocate, and may run their own organization, but as a result of what they've been through, they may still suffer from trauma in various ways, low self-esteem, insecurity, insomnia, obesity, cutting of wrists, self-harming, all because of what took place many, many years ago. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education, and when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another, and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. 
You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world. You just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode. And I want to talk about it. Can I trust you on my side?